in a series called the grace series and we're going to continue to talk about the value that God sees in each one of you my prayer is is that at the conclusion of today's sermon that you leave believing even more that God loves you God cares for you and you have value in his eyes heavenly father we thank you lord for this opportunity you've given us we thank you for the beautiful, beautiful day that you've given us. We thank you for your word that enriches our lives, the preaching of the gospel that leads to salvation if we only believe. We're very, very grateful for this moment, for this opportunity, for us who are out here on campus and for those who are worshiping at home. I pray for your riches and your best blessings in Jesus' name, we ask, Lord God, that you would save souls, and that you would transform lives. Amen. Amen. And amen. So what we are about to read is the second of three parables that Jesus told in response to the criticism of the Pharisees and of the scribes because he spent so much time with the tax collectors and sinners. If you remember last Sunday, we read the scriptures talking about how they took issue with the fact that it seemed like the wrong kind of people were consistently drawn to Jesus. The issue was not just that they were drawn to Jesus, but that Jesus was also drawn to them. They would often criticize him for the decisions that he made to spend time with less than holy people. And I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that Jesus is still today willing to give his attention to people who are less than holy. You know, we say so many religious things like God doesn't hear the prayers of a sinner. But if God did not hear the prayer of a sinner, how could we have gotten saved? So because he did hear our prayer, all of us who are watching today, all of us who are here live today are saved by grace through faith. So if we look at Luke 15, starting at verse 8, we're going to go from verse 8 to verse 10. It says, either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she have found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, last week we talked about a man who had 100 sheep. And one of those sheep, was lost, and he left the 99 sheep to go in pursuit of that one sheep until he found it. Today, our parable is about a woman who had 10 coins, 
And one of the coins became lost. And she searched her home and she swept her home until she found that one coin. Now let's talk about the similarities between the two parables for just a moment. The first similarity is that something had a value was lost. The second similarity is the effort that went into searching for and finding that thing which was lost. The third similarity is that what was lost was searched for until it was found. The fourth is that when it was found, that there was rejoicing, not only by the searcher, but also by the searcher's friends and neighbors. And the last similarity is the value of a repentant sinner is reiterated at the end of the story. Now, here are the differences this morning. What was lost has changed. We had a sheep that was lost, but now we have a coin which is lost. And we can see the value in searching for a living object, a living animal that could bring you increase, that can give you wool. You can see putting in that kind of effort to go after the sheep, but this coin is an inanimate object. But yet it is an object of value to the one that lost it. Coins in this day carried the image of the king. I, I need you to hear this. Coins in their day, the drachma, it carried the image of the king. Also, the demographic of the type of person who lost something had changed. It is now a woman searching for what was lost. So that there, if there was anyone in the crowd who was not familiar with what it felt like to lose a sheep, perhaps Jesus could teach them by telling the story of a person who lost a coin. Because everybody knows what it feels like to lose some money. Everybody doesn't understand what it feels like to lose a sheep, but everybody understands what it feels like to lose some money. This was the purpose of the parables, earthly stories with heavenly meanings. The goal was to make sure that the revelation was shared in a way that would be relevant. And he would make sure that no one left without getting the point. This took Jesus being a good observer of the people that he was teaching so that he was able to see if he was connecting with his audience or not. So, Sister Moore, what I believe is that as Jesus was teaching about this man going after one sheep, there were people who were standing there who, want, who weren't getting it. The light bulbs were not turning on. And Jesus said, I got to tell one more story because I want to make sure that everybody here gets the point about the value of their lives to the Most High God. Let's look at the scripture one more time. Starting at verse 8, Luke 15, it says, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, watch what she does, and sweep the house, and seek diligently until she find it. And when she finds it, 
She calleth for her friends and her neighbors, and she gets them together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, Jesus says, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Somebody shout one sinner. See, what the reason we ought to shout is because heaven rejoiced when we were that one sinner. Now, see, if you don't know what it is to be that one sinner, then this doesn't mean anything to you. This doesn't have any value to you. But if you know what it is to be that one sinner, this means the world to you. So let's look at the value of what is lost, because the value of what is lost is revealed in the search. Oh, God. The value of what was lost is revealed in the search. Remember, coins of this day carried the image of the king. I need you to lock into that. Coins of this day, the drachma, one day's wages, carried the image of the king. On today's coin, <laughs> there are words and numbers that tell us the value of the coin. So if you pull out a coin, a quarter, a nickel, a dime, there is words and numbers on it that tell you how much that coin is worth. And there's an image on the coin. In their day, they put the image of their king on the coin. And can I tell you that the image of our king is on you? We are made in his likeness and we are made in his image. But see the difference between the coin that you hold in your hand right now and us is that our value is not easily seen. Not only by ourselves, but by others. Some of us struggle with our own value because other people have not expressed to us that they can see our value. And that causes many of us to have a diminished estimation of who we are. But I came to tell you today that God set your value. God is the one who set your value. Our king set your value by the price that he paid for you. So if people don't see your value, tell them that God saw me as so valuable that he paid the price of the blood of his son on the cross of Calvary to redeem me from my sins. When no one else could see the value in you, when no one else would understand why God would do such a thing, God made a personal decision without any interaction with any angels in heaven, without calling a board meeting, without reaching out to someone else for counsel and guidance. God just decided that he wanted to redeem man. And the question was asked, what is man that thou art mindful of him? It does not matter to you. It does not matter to you that you see the value. What matters is that God sees the value. 
I want you to never forget this. Never forget this. We're coming up on Black Friday. People are going to be Christmas shopping. I want to tell you something. The value of an item is not based on the tag that you see on it. That's the price. The value of an item is based on how much the purchaser is willing to pay for it. I don't know how many times I've seen overpriced items in the store. And I wanted an Elder J, but I walked right by it. Because even though it had a high price, to me, it didn't have a high value. You should have got that right there. See, people don't understand how much you're worth. To God, you were worth bringing his son down to the earth from heaven. Having him exchange all of that glory to come down here in human flesh and to be mistreated, to be talked about, to be misunderstood, and go to an old rugged cross and die for your sins. When God saw you, God saw somebody who was worth it. I want everybody to take your hand and touch yourself right on your chest and say, I'm worth it. I'm worth it even if you don't see it. I'm worth it even if you don't believe it. I'm worth it even if, even if you don't like it. Come on, somebody talk to me today. Somebody shout, I'm worth it. I am worth it. He paid a price. First Corinthians 6 and 20 said, you've been bought with the price. So your value was high. And God saw your value when others didn't. We tend to be so worried about what other people think about us. But the question of the day is, what does God think about us? You see, the value of what was lost, Portia, is revealed in the search. Hear that. The value of what was lost was revealed in the search. The fact that the searcher went through so much to try and find it, that is what gave it its value. Look at the effort that she put in to find the coin, everybody. First, she lights a candle to make sure that the entire house is illuminated so that all the dark places could be lit up and she could have perfect vision. Then she sweeps the entire house and she seeks diligently until she finds it. Many people would wonder, Deacon Pitts, all of that for just one coin? You going through all of that for just one piece of silver, it doesn't seem worth it. But the answer would be, it may not be worth it to you, but it's worth it to her. Did anyone notice, though, where the coin was lost? Did you pay close enough attention to the story to see where the coin was lost? Verse 8 tells us, that she swept the house. So the coin 
was lost in the house. The sheep was lost in the wilderness, but the coin was lost in the house. Lost right there within the walls of the house. And my question to you today is how do most coins get lost? I'll tell you how they fall. <laughs> see, see, here's the thing. You can understand a sheep getting lost in the wilderness. That makes sense because the terrain is so different in different areas and that can be dark in one area and light in another. So you can understand how the, the, the sheep could get lost in the wilderness. But how do you lose a coin when it's in the safety of the house? I'll tell you how the coin falls down. And coins, because of their being round in their nature, when they fall, Sister Johnson, they roll away. I come to tell you, oh my God, that McLaren says, McLaren's exposition says that this is due to the Earth's gravitational pull, which cannot be resisted by the coin. But in the same way, the world has a pull that is difficult to resist, and sometimes coins that are in the house get lost. <laughs> yeah, you got it, you got it. Sometimes coins that are in the safety of the house, sometimes coins that are serving on the praise team, sometimes coins that are serving on the greeters team, they fall down and get Anybody here know what I'm talking about today? I, I grew up, listen, I grew up in the house and still got lost. My grandfather was a deacon in the house and I still got lost. My grandmother was a mother of the church and I still got lost. Which goes to show us that everybody in the house is not found. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Everybody in the house is not found. And when coins fall, they can't get up on their own. They can't come back to the owner on their own. So just like that sheep needed somebody to value it enough to go and search for it until they found it. That coin that got lost in the house needed somebody to value it enough to take the time and put forth the effort to search until they found it. Yes, when a coin falls from your pocket, I meant to bring some money with me today. Right here, I have a nickel. Those of you who are here right now, you won't see it now, but when you see our thumbnail later, you'll see that there's a nickel on the front. And when you drop it, see what happens when coins fall? They drop and they roll. And that's what happened to so many who are in the house. They fall, some while serving. They fall, some, even though they heard so many sermons. They fall, 
even though their family members might be significant people in the house of God. We got to remember, y'all, that's why we preach this gospel. That's why we never stop telling people about the sacrifice that God made and giving his son. Because the scripture declares to us for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to those of us who are saved, it is the power of God. That's why we must continue to preach this gospel, to talk about that little baby that was born of a virgin named Mary, to talk about how he grew up and the spirit of the Lord strengthened him as he grew up. And he went about on this earth doing good, healing the sick, raising the dead, preaching sermons at the seaside from a borrowed boat, walking on water, turning water into wine. And then finally, when it was his time to do what he came here to do, he was whipped and beat within an inch of his life, stripped of his clothing, had a crown of thorns placed on his head, stripes on his back that Isaiah said, with his stripes, we were healed. It says that the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. Oh, God, that Jesus hung up on that old rugged cross and he gave up his spirit. He said it is finished and he died on that cross. But the story doesn't end there. If you ever went to church on Easter, Sister Moore, you know, oh, that the preacher would say early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. What I'm saying to you is that no matter how lost you are and no matter where you got lost, because he got up, you can get up. Listen, no matter where you are, you have value to him. And Jesus expands his story so that we understand the value of those who are lost on the outside to him. But he also wants us to know the value of those who are lost on the inside to him. They all have value. All that are lost have value to the one who made them. The sheep was made by God. The coin, scripture says all the silver is his. All of the gold is his. And even though man shaped that coin and put a number on it, the value in the coin is really from what it's made from. And God owns that. So it has value because God made it. Can I talk to somebody today? You have value because God made you. People say all kinds of things about you because of mistakes you made, because you weren't perfect, because you didn't get it all right, because you made some mistakes in your life, you messed up. But I need you to know that despite your mistakes, God loves you. And if you are not surrounded by people who see your value, 
I want you to know that you are loved by God who sees your value. Now back to the coin so we can close. She searches every, she searches and she cleans every nook and cranny of that house. Picking up rugs, moving furniture, taking them pretty plants, Sister Smith, that you have in the house for decoration, pulling them out of the corner. Deacon Cain, Ethel, searching in areas where it seemed like there's no way that the coin could end up there. But she searched every square foot of that house, cleaning as she go. Watch this, removing the obstacles out of the way so she could get her coin back. Oh, some of us don't know that some of the people that are no longer in our lives that, that, that God was cleaning so he could get to you. See, sometimes we don't know how to move the obstacles out of the way, but God knows how to do it. I'm going to move on from that. And she finds that one coin and she rejoices over it. And she calls her friends and her neighbors to come over to her house, Elder Smith, to rejoice with her. Now, Pastor Leslie, in both cases, the searchers call for friends and neighbors to come over to the house to rejoice over what was found. And it hit me. Lord knows it hit me like a ton of bricks. Hey, Wanda, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I never thought of this in my life, Seaboat. It. I said, these people stopped what they were doing, Elder Smith, Sam, to come over to the house to rejoice over somebody else's sheep to rejoice over somebody else's coin. So it came to me that the sheep and the coin may not have meant to the friends and neighbors what they meant to the people who were searching. But yet they were with them rejoicing. Maybe they were not rejoicing over the sheep and the coin as much as they were rejoicing because their friends were rejoicing. See, you know your real friends. <laughs> oh! You know your real friends if they can rejoice when you rejoice. Because if you're rejoicing about getting out of debt, and they sitting with a frown on their face. If you're rejoicing because God saved your marriage and they looking like they mad. If you're rejoicing <laughs> because God gave you a promotion on your job and they got their face all knotted up. That is a sign that they might not be your friend. Real friends. Real people who are really in covenant with you will rejoice with you when you rejoice. But they'll also 
mourn with you when you mourn. That's Romans 12 and 15. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that do weep. And then Jesus wraps the whole thing up. Once again, he puts, his, he puts a bow on it. And he exposes why he told the second parable. He says, likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner. Can I get everybody to put up that one? Over one sinner that rejoices. Heaven sees the value in that one. And when you and I were that one, I need you to know that even though there might not have been a lot of people on earth rejoicing, heaven rejoiced when you got saved. I'm saying to everybody who's here live, those of you who are online, the day that you got saved, heaven rejoice. If you're sitting there and you're watching today and you say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I want you to know that just as they rejoiced over the coin, they rejoiced over the sheep. And in both stories, Jesus said heaven rejoiced over that one. Heaven will still rejoice over you. But something different's happening. We hear real life. We know the value of a soul. And you won't be rejoicing by yourself. If you come to Jesus today, these people right out here on this lot, they will rejoice with you. If you're not saved today and you want to give your life to Christ, whether you're here in this lot, maybe you fail. Maybe you're watching and you fail. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you're in the wilderness. Doesn't matter where you're lost at, whether you're in the wilderness or you're in the house. God loves you. He wants to save you today. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I repent of all my sins. I'm sorry for everything that I've ever done that is against your will. I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. That he died on the cross to save me from my sins. Furthermore, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, God, that you raised Jesus from the dead, that he is alive right now, making intercession for the saints. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for searching for me until you found me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God praise, everybody. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Those are people who are rejoicing today for the decision that you made. If you did give your life to Jesus today, if you did get saved today, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to text the word salvation to 912-325-9959. Text the word salvation to 912-325-9959. 
9959. When you do that, you will receive a link in the form of a text. Click on that link, open it up, and you'll see a form there that gives you information about the decision that you made today. Beneath that information is a questionnaire. Fill that questionnaire out because we would like to give you support in your new life in Christ. I'd like to be the first to say welcome to the body of Christ. Thank you.